They love Tom DeVito. Hi, Tom. How are you? How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Hold on. So it turns out, Tom, that uh, uh, Pete, uh, of course, uh, like every Giant fan, loves what's happening with your son. Three consecutive wins. Giants nearly a touchdown underdog at home Monday night. They beat the Packers. And not only did your son play a great game on uh, Monday night, but uh, it comes to my attention through Pete Morgan. I believe this happened literally, Tom DeVito, moments ago, moments ago. Your son, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. How does that make you feel? Proud. Very proud, Dad. Sorry the voice is a little hoarse. It's still a little hoarse from Monday night. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I mean, uh, I saw you and the agent kissing and uh, yelling and screaming. And, look, everybody knows the story. Cedar Grove kid and, you know, goes to uh, Syracuse, ends up for a year at Illinois, all those great years at Don Bosco, Bosco Prep, too. But to be now undrafted, undrafted, and the starting quarterback, I mean, you know what they say, right? You know, center field for the Yankees and quarterback for the Giants. That's where stars are made. And to win three straight and go three and one as a starter, I don't know if you could have predicted this as much as you love your son, Tom. Absolutely not. It, it's a dream come true for sure. You know, a lot of folks, too, are uh, pissed off at some of the fans and the media because, um, you know, look, I'm a Jewish kid. I think you know that. Uh, but I've always wanted to be Italian, always. And I do play Italians and mobsters and movies, just so you know. Um, but I've always had this growing up in Brooklyn during the John Travolta era, always wanted to be Italian. In fact, I'm the only Jew, mind you, that gets a, a, um, a Cadillac, a convertible Cadillac, at the Columbus Day Parade every year. And Angelo Vivolo is considering making me next year the very first ever Jewish Grand Marshal. I love the Italian people, but there seems to be a lot of folks making fun of the Italians and the heritage because uh, of your son and your Italian heritage. Does that piss you off? Not at all. For the reasons you guys just said, somewhere deep down, even for a little bit, somebody wants to be Italian. We're fun-loving people. (laughs) We're cool people. You know, it's just everybody wants to be Italian for a little bit. So you're you're claiming it's uh, just a jealousy. That's it, right? No, I don't call it jealousy. I just think it's an admiration. You know, we're fun-loving people. We could take jokes. We could give jokes. You know, we, we, we have thick skin. There's no thin skin here at all. You're very much like uh, Jewish people, which is uh, which is why I think Jewish people and Italian people get along so well. I mean, there are so many similarities. And you guys living out in Cedar Grove, New Jersey, I'm going to guess there's a couple of Jews out there, yes? <laughs> Oh, everywhere. We love everybody. <laughs> we love everybody. And everybody loves you and your kid. It is a, it is an unbelievable story. You know, it didn't start off all that well. I'd be lying if I said to you that when he first came in after Jones and Taylor both went down with injuries, I didn't think, oh, my God, this could actually go from bad to worse. I'll admit it. And I saw Tommy play at Syracuse, and I liked him. Uh, but this is a different level, obviously, uh, here at the National Football League. And to see him improve, see, that's the thing, Tom, where your son now is starting to really raise some eyebrows, is that every week he improves, and every week he makes it look like he belongs out there every Sunday. I know you see that, that's, and he's got to see that too, so that's a big deal. Sure, but, you know, it's a progression for every rookie that steps into the NFL. You know, every rookie is going to go through its growing pains, and it's a learning process and the speed of the game. He's just blessed to have great coaches and great teammates around him that support him. You know, uh, Tyrod Taylor, the veteran quarterback, who's had some very good days in the NFL, even before he was a giant, teams like Baltimore and Buffalo, I think he was a little surprised and, quite frankly, angry 
that when he got healthy last week, that Dayball, the coach, did not insert him back as the starter against Green Bay and stuck with your son. What did Tommy think about that? What do you think well, about that? Two things on that. First, I taught Tommy from a very young age that quarterback is a fraternity. Only you guys know how hard it is. And if there's three in your room, seven of you in the room, you guys are brothers. You go through the film together, the meetings together. You're going to be tight and support each other no matter what because you don't pick who plays. Everybody wants to play. If you're mad, be mad at the coach because that's who makes those decisions. You don't hold it against each other. That's just the way it is. But my son told me from day one, Tyrod Taylor is the most impressive person he's ever met on and off the field. Wow. And I was lucky enough to meet Tyrod twice and get to talk to him. I was like, Tommy, I see what you're talking about. The guy's a pro. He's a class act. He's just a wealth of knowledge. And, again, not not only on the football field. The guy is terrific. That's awesome. But I will say this to you. Uh, This is Tom DeVito. His son, Tommy, has won three straight as the starting quarterback for the Giants and today was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. How great is that? Uh, He's humble. His son's humble, and that comes from you. So congratulations. You and your wife have done a terrific job. But he's a good kid. I know a lot of people in Jersey that know him personally, and they all love him. When you keep winning, Tom, (laughs) that humility turns to, I think I should play. So if Tommy and this giant football team runs out a bunch more wins at the end of this season, is Tommy going to go into camp next year okay with Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor or anybody else being the starting quarterback for the Giants? Again, it's, it's one game at a time. You can't predict the future. You know, you just put your head down, and he's a worker bee type guy his whole life. And uh, you let the chips fall where they may. And, again, the coaches make that decision. You can't control that. So you just do what you can control and move forward, and that's it. Did you coach Tommy ever as a, when he was a little boy? No, I, I okay. had him, I've had him trained since he's five years old. Right. And, uh, but I was at every training session, and I really stopped with him butting in when he got to Bosco because then it was time to say, hey, you know what? Mm. Now you're dad. You're not a coach anymore. Right. And uh, I did it. I'm going to pat myself on the bat and say I did a nice job balancing that. No, 100% you did. I I only ask you that because I was very close with my dad. He passed away three years ago in July, and he coached me in everything. Uh, Thank you, Tom, in everything. And uh, But football was my big deal. I played Kings Bay football in Brooklyn. And I tell a story in my last book, which came out last September, Citizens United. It's actually the very beginning of the book. Because the book is about inspiration. And uh, much like your son, uh, not exactly the same, but I've been derailed a couple of times, my own actions. And people have considered me dead on arrival in this career, and now I own this city. Me and your son, just so you know. Uh, but there's a story in the book where my father was my coach, and I was playing Little League football time for the Redskins at Kings Bay. And he wanted me to take a pitch out against the Steelers. Now, I'm 10 years old. But the kid who was playing defensive end for the Steelers, Tom, looked like Mean Joe Green at the age of 10. I swear to God. Uh-huh. So my buddy Jerry Rocco pitches out the football to me, and I run right, and I don't go two steps, and this kid hit me so hard, I think I made my pants. I swear to God. Right? Uh-huh. So it's the next quarter. My father's in the huddle. He goes, Jerry, same play. Now you're going to pitch it to the left. And I start to yell. I go, Mommy's going to kill you. Mommy doesn't want me to play football in the first place. I'm an asthmatic. You're going to get me killed out here, Dad. 
You're going to run the play. So Tom, as as would have it, Jerry Rocco pitches the ball to the left. I don't get two feet, and this kid smashes me in the face, and I'm down. I'm down for a good five minutes. I thought I died, to be honest. So that's the end of this, thank God. Fourth quarter, down by four points. Redskins, Steelers, King Bay football, okay? Father gets in the huddle. He goes, Jerry, you're going to pitch the ball to the right. I said, Dad, he almost killed me twice. What are you doing? He said, you're going to run that play. And I took it for a 60-yard touchdown. And I look wow. back at the sideline. I get emotional. I'm sorry. And my father was crying. There was a tear running down his eye. And that was the first time I learned in my life that persistence and resilience will get you somewhere because God knows I didn't want to run that play again after the first time, let alone the third. Do you remember that first moment when Tommy did something on the football field where you're basically driven to tears? Yes, yes. It was, um, I think he was in, it was sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade football. And uh, he threw a few touchdown passes against our rival to win. And you don't pass much in Little League football. And that's when I knew that he could be something maybe in football when I saw them running a complicated offense at that level, doing spread spread football, which is unheard of because we, we run wing T here in Cedar Grove. And uh, that was my moment for me. Every moment's a moment for me. I'm kind of an emotional guy and a proud dad. But uh, that's the one that sticks out from his youth football for sure.